I have to consent. I've consented. <gasps> oh boy. Here we go, Mary. Oh, we're back. <laughs> it's season four of the Melrose Placecast, everybody. Oh my God. Are we going to get sued? Uh, sure. No, no. This is a parody podcast, so we're not going to get sued. And as a reminder to everybody going into season four, if you're still with us, this is not a parody. I'm sorry. Not a recap podcast. It is yeah. a parody podcast. Yeah. I, what are we parodying? <laughs> Anything that would get us sued. Okay, great. Okay. So season four, oh my God, I just can't wait to get started. I mean, we left with such a cliffhanger. The actual was bombing. There a, is there a bombing? I don't know yet. There was a bombing, Mary. We saw Kimberly press the button. Hey, well, I didn't see anything explode. And as, no, yes, we did. Because as we determined, the Lifetime movie of Melrose Place was canon. You saw the bombing. Kimberly is floating in the pool. Oh boy. So oh. that's official. And you know what else I'm so excited about? Darren Starr. Thank God he's gone and off oh, to Jersey or wherever. Wherever he went. You know, like out by where Sully landed that airplane. Oh, those geese were a real problem. They were a real problem. So with Darren's Darren's Star? Darren Star. Did I say Darren Spelling? You almost did. <laughs> Darren it would Star. with Aaron Spelling. So. Out of here. We got we, we, we got a good 12 characters on the credit scene. That's more than there's ever been. That's crazy. This intro is getting a little long. I think we should get started. <laughs> I got so lost. Anyway, season four of the Melrose Place cast begins right now. Thank God. Hello and welcome to the Melrose Place cast. Today we're talking about season four, episode six, The Jane Mutiny. I'm Mary. And I am Tej. And they're really trying to make Jane interesting. Where are they ever? And it's not working. Now raise your hand if you're in on this, Jane. <laughs> nope. No one? No takers. Not even her fiance. <laughs> that you know, that's a repeat of the storyline, right? Because her her last fiance would sooner take her sister than her. God. I mean, you know, I don't blame him. I mean Sydney's <laughs> yeah. fun. Uh yeah. This this title also like, I get it. It's like it's I get what, but it's just stupid because it's there's not really any mutiny. No, there's no mutiny. No. <laughs> like, are they titling the episodes before they write the script? Is that what's happening? I do wonder sometimes. <laughs> like, well, we already put a title on it. Just leave it. Again, I have to go back at, at, at the era that this was in. IMDb did not exist. People weren't, like, the title didn't matter. No, it probably didn't that much, to be honest. They, guess, they weren't thinking about releasing DVDs. No. They were probably thinking, well, it was in, like, it was on the channel guides and stuff like that, I remember on TV. Uh -huh. I don't think it was anywhere else, was it? I don't know. No, that's where it would be. And the titles couldn't be too long because they wouldn't fit in a little, little bar. Oh, yeah. There was a character limit. Yeah, yeah. So early Twitter, if you will. TV Guide was basically just early Twitter. I, I've often thought that, actually. You know, the, the more you think of TV Guide, the more you think of Twitter. So much alike, so much common yeah. yeah. Well, Mary, can I tell you the three examples of high art for the generations I have found in this episode? Oh, yes, please. 
You know, you're not going to believe this. They're actually typified in a quote from one of the characters. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> All right. First, I've got from uh, the, the good doctor herself, Kimberly Shaw. Mm. They're going to keep track of me, Peter. <laughs> oh, Kimberly. Yep. Second, uh, from, from the mutinous Jane herself. <laughs> After Reed and Jess, you're the last person who should be giving advice. I mean, it's fair, and it, it was funny. It was quite funny. <laughs> and then from everybody's favorite uh, chief of staff, Dr. Hobbs. <laughs> if you're not a faggot, what are you? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man, the number of times a gentleman has said that to me in a loving way. <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, Mary, you've watched the episode. Did, would you just concede at the start that this episode was higher for the generations? Or did you did you find counter arguments? Somehow I managed to squeak out a few counter arguments. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, the debate rages. Let's see. Can I, can I explain my first point? Yes. yes. All right. This is Dr. Kimberly Shaw. This storyline, I'm sure you'll agree after I make my argument, was high art for the generations. <laughs> because Kimberly said, they're going to keep track of me, Peter. <laughs> oh, Kimberly. So, so. The building blew up five episodes ago. Not very okay. long. Uh, it felt like it feels like a long time to me. I guess to me it does feel long, but like in the chronology of the show, it doesn't seem that long, does it? No, you're right. So Peter brings a figurative birthday gift, even though it's not her birthday. It's a floral dress. And she says, they won't let me wear this in here. And he says, oh, great news. You're not staying in here. Well, you yeah. got her out by convincing <laughs> them that she is sane and therefore should not be held liable as a sane woman for blowing up Melrose Place. It really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But she's released under Peter's guidance. Is that what they do? Um, I didn't know that they just like released people to their doctor's house. Doctor slash Yeah. Let's, yeah, let, let's, let's come back to what type of doctor is Peter? Isn't he a surgeon? Yeah, because he was he was slicing up yeah. Amanda Woodward. Yeah, he's gonna take her take her stuff out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does seem curious. Yeah, yeah, the curious case of Doctor Peter Burns. Anyway, <laughs> but she's on probation and has to wear an ankle bracelet. No, a, a wrist bracelet. Because yeah. she's trying to hide it later when Kimberly stops by. Sydney. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, they're and both- Kimberly reacts with outrage that they're going to keep track of me <laughs> just because I tried to murder a dozen people and only got to kill one. And let the record show a dozen of the most beautiful people in Los Angeles. Yeah, that you definitely get a monitor for that. Yeah, it was the 90s. That mattered more. <laughs> but here's here's why this that quote rang true to me as high art for the generations. Okay. This is a true story, Mary. As you know, someone someone in my life has been incarcerated, as we discussed off camera or off air, three times. Yeah, yeah. And the first time they were in jail, uh, they, in a call with my mother, said, was complaining about the conditions. The guards are rude. <laughs> and she said, in all seriousness, they treat us like we're criminals. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, 
And so, but here's the high art. So aside from that humorous anecdote and that kind of similarity to life, we have as a society, right? Now we're going into linguistics theory here, Mary. Okay, I love linguistics theory, so bring it on. Yes. So we have idioms, we have turns of phrase, you know, little catchphrases that we lose track of what they actually mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and, and like, that's what Kimberly is kind of expressing here. That sense of like, why would, why would they do this to me just because I'm on probation for a multiple attempted murder? Terrorism, <laughs> before terrorism was popular, right? Like, she was a trendsetter. She, yeah, she was in that respect, for sure. Yeah, now that floral dress, not trendsetting. She should have stuck with the terrorism, if you ask me. Yeah, that dress is an act of terrorism. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I, yeah. it, let me tell you this. It's not a Mancini design, at least. That is the one thing it has going for it. As far as we know, it's not a Mancini design. Yeah. So that's as far as I can go with my higher up for the generations argument with Kimberly. The sense of outrage that, sure, they're releasing me from the mental institute, but they still want to keep track of me. <laughs> and that is unacceptable to me. Still facing trial for this bombing of beautiful people. God, not the beautiful people. The beautiful people. Don't get the weird misshapen people like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, we're not bombing Midwesterners here, right? Like, this is this is L.A. This is L.A. That sounds like that Cheryl Crow. You know, if Kimberly had done this a year before, she would have been bombing actual models from Iowa. Oh, my God. You can't bomb models from Iowa and their weird boyfriends. <laughs> well, then... <laughs> She is bombing a number of Midwesterners in that building because there's... not anymore. They don't count. They don't count. They did... When's the last time you've seen Allison make a hot dish? Not since the tuna salad in season one, tuna casserole. Remember when she took those? What the hell was that? God, that was so disgusting. It Corned was beef a... hash and vegetable Corned... lasagna all mushed together. Oh, I remember oh. it well. It's in my Melrose Place cookbook. You really remembered that very well, and a little concerned. Okay. <laughs> no, listen, you could judge, but as you know, I listen to the other Marvel's Place podcast and Bitch Slap, uh, which I think is my favorite, counting ours, sorry, Christopher, but even more than ours, uh, because they, they talk really dirty and filthy there. Um, oh. But so they're, they're going back, and so they just got to that fairly recently, that uh, corned beef hash and vegetable lasagna all mushed together. Yeah, yeah. Did they have thoughts on it, or they just happened to watch it recently? Uh, they happened to watch it recently, but that's why you're asking why I remember this, and I'm telling oh, you why. You I, know, I'm sorry, the context I got lost, so I appreciate. You. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's my that that's my first argument, Mary. Do you accept? You know what? I'm going to talk about that plot line later, but I'm going to accept that argument for your. Okay. Sake. All right. I'll give you that one. Me, you're in a good mood. <laughs> it's because I had that coffee cake. No offense, you're normally not this pleasant. <laughs> I think I'm just distracted by other matters. <laughs> so I'm like, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let me I have it. I'm excited to get to my first point. And you're going to get this line, but just for anyone who has not watched season one, this, this little part might go over your head. So you go figure it out if you don't. I call this one... I don't want to cause any trouble, but I think your daddy sent me flowers. <laughs> okay, hold on. First of all, anyone listening to this podcast, I, I get plenty of people <laughs> watch season four of Melrose Place without watching season one. That I understand. 
but the audience that is coming back to listen to a podcast about it with 155 episodes <laughs> of our podcast published so far, we're we're searching down puddle here. We're, we're spinning off on models Inc. All the listeners watched season one, and in fact, listeners, all of our listeners, if you skip season one, let me know, and I'll tell you what I will. I, Mary, if anyone replies with that and says they did it, I will order you a pizza from your favorite pizza shop in town, and we will eat it live on air. I like everything about this. Yes. yes. Please, somebody just lie and write in and say hey. <laughs> Ah, Christopher, it doesn't count because I know you watched season one. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, nice try, Christopher, trying to get Mary a pizza. God, it was worth a try. It's the thought that counts. All right, so there's there's stuff going on here. So, first of all, this is only very loosely related to my point. Uh, the beginning of this plotline opens with Jake once again working on his motorcycle next to the pool, and it's been a while. Right? Yeah, it's, so this is season one flashback. Yeah, this, I feel like this is a season one uh, retrograde special just for me to enjoy. So he's working on his motorcycle by the pool. I keep waiting for Amanda to come and yell at him, but she does not. Uh, meanwhile, Matt and the, oh, the, uh, Amanda, come. No, I'm so sorry. Okay. Jane comes Have up. Have you done this before? We're not amateurs, Mary. We are <laughs> We are 155 episodes in. <laughs> I'm just so excited to talk about this. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, Joe is swimming in the pool. Jane comes out and she's like, oh my God, thank God. Uh, Matt and Allison's apartments will be done. They can move back in. Billy comes walking in from the front with this big ass bouquet of roses. Mm-hmm. And Brooke comes trotting down there. She's like, oh, my God, do you remember their two-month anniversary? And he's like, these are for Allison. Prayers. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. So now we have a timeline from the bombing. It's been two months. Well put. I didn't think about that. Okay, yep. great. Uh, okay. So he's like, these are flowers are for Allison, which is awkward. He's like, wait, wait. I didn't send them. I found them outside the gate. And Brooke's like, those are from Flora Rosa. Those are daddy's their largest customer. I'm sure these are for me. And so she opens the card and it says, Allison, it was fun. Next time, bring your bathing suit. Haley. Jane's like, Jane your father sent flowers to Allison? And Jake and Joe are making like, what? Faces. Allison walks out of her door and Brooke's like, oh, you got flowers. And Allison's like, oh, they're beautiful. And Brooke's like, of course they're beautiful. They're from my father. Which is a weird thing to say. (laughs) Anyway, Billy's like, Are, are lots of daddies buying huge bouquets for their daughters? Let me assure you, not mine. Uh, after after they demand a divorce? <laughs> Brooke is a special character. Um, Billy's like, yo, Brooke, it's none of our business. Like, leave her alone. And Brooke's like, well, if daddy wanted to keep it a secret, he wouldn't have been so obvious. Maybe Allison wouldn't mind telling us why my father sent her flowers. And Allison goes, eh, actually, I would. And she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next day at work at D and D, they're having a meeting. Uh, Brooke has to give a status update because she's supposed to be getting new clients. And Amanda's mm-hmm. like, put out a press release, so you should be getting calls. And Brooke's like, I've got leads. Amanda's like, they better be good because you gotta keep plum accounts if you want to keep a plum office. And Brooke- okay, Brooke has this job because she blackmailed Amanda. The blackmail backfired, so she doesn't have anything on Amanda, so she shouldn't have the job anymore anyway. Yeah. So and- the blackmail is failed she's out and if the blackmail is still good it doesn't mean she can do whatever the fuck she wants and keep that job i mean i guess uh so brooke's like well is armstrong limited good enough and allison's like they don't even hire ad they have their own people brooke's like they think it's time for a change Madison says 
I'm not a fan of nepotism, which is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But if you can deliver, it would be a coup. And uh, Brooke says they will be on board. Later, Brooke calls Allison into her office, and she's like, "I had a very interesting conversation with Daddy. To whoever he's, whenever he's sleeping with a new woman, he tells me to mind my own business." And I'm like, "Yes, as well he should. Boundaries." Yeah. Uh, Brooke says Daddy was very secretive about the flowers. What's going on? And Allison's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And Brooke replies, with ice water in her veins, "I realize your own father-daughter relationship is unfortunate." Uh, I missed that line. I must not have been focused on this storyline because I missed that. You were just, yeah, there was so much going on. You're really watching that bracelet monitor for Kimberly. Uh, (laughs) Brooke wants to know if they're involved. And if they are, then it's time for them to bury the hatchet. And Allison says, gee, you'd have to pull it out of my back first. Good job, Allison. Uh, She heads to the door. And Brooke's like, Daddy is anxious to move his advertising, but I have to sway the board of directors. And you're so good at bringing in the reluctant clients. Maybe we can work together. And Allison says, you don't have him. And Brooke shuts the door. And Allison's like, is he even interested or do you just make this up? And Brooke's like, oh, I just spoke too soon. And Allison calls her bullshit. And Brooke's like, I didn't do it for myself. I did it for Philly. Because if we get this account, he can be the co-manager. And Allison's like, I'm not good at conniving. You got to do this next uh allison walks out opens the door dramatically in size and in the background we see allison laughing at her desk uh later amanda they're in another meeting production is down but that's all gonna change when brooke lands armstrong limited and brooke's like there's a delay and amanda's not happy and then all of a sudden daddy knocks on the door and he comes in and he's seen dnd's work he's very impressed and brooke's like oh daddy you could have called ahead he said, I'm not here for a pitch. I just want to stop by and make a deal. And Amanda says, I hope it's not presumptuous, but I already have a contract right up. So they talked about that. He's like, this is for two new divisions. Brooke's like, oh, we can help. And he says, I want someone experienced. I want Allison. And Brooke's like, but I recruited the account. And Amanda says, and the client has chosen. Daddy hands the file to Allison. And he tells her, send the paperwork to the attorney. Brooke knows the address. Uh, so uh, Brooke does know the address. (laughs) And after Allison leaves the room, Brooke's like, How dare you? to Amanda. And Amanda's like, Now that you brought my husband Jack back into my life, your blackmailing deals are over. So good for her. Uh, Yeah, so get out of get her out of that job. Get her out of here. Oh, they can't do that because that's all the drama. Um, later they're at Jane's engagement party, and Allison leaves early to go home and work on the account. Brooke's like, Oh, she's so smug. And Billy and Amanda are like, you're just being a dick. Quit being a dick. You take credit. You didn't deserve it. You're blaming everybody else. Uh, Allison and Billy meet. They talk over the deal. Billy's like, you don't need to rub it in for Brooke. And Allison's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not part of an anti-Brooke conspiracy. Uh, She's made a lot of enemies. And so they're leaving. Uh, Daddy shows up at the office to go meet with Allison. And Brooke goes, Daddy! And he just goes, Brooke. And he walks away. (laughs) Uh... She thinks Allison, daddy is using Allison to get back at her and she's just using him. Billy is disgusted. He's like, I don't care. We're married. Your obsession with your daddy is hurting everybody. He said, you want your father. You had your daddy wrapped around your finger and now he's gone and you want me to take his place. And I won't do it. I got Allison out of my life. Now it's your turn to get daddy out of yours. That's, that's not an even trade. <laughs> My ex-fiance for your father? 
I mean, she is kind of weird with her father. <laughs> that is true. That's that's not why Billy Billy's not saying like, oh, I'm worried you're too into daddy. No. No. Well, she's she's weirdly codependent with her father, and it's so yeah, it's not apples to apples. Um, this whole storyline is bonkers. Uh, it's not the most bonkers thing on the show, but I, I, it's it's so soap opera. It's this. We just keep revolving the same like three or four partners with Billy and Allison, and it happens over and over again. Love, love that I got to make a reference to season one. I don't want to cause any trouble, but I think your daddy sent you flowers. Okay, so Mary, now what if it for the the benefit of any listeners who maybe are going to get you a free pizza and don't know the reference? What are you what are you referring to? In season one, when Allison had first started working at D and D, flowers are delivered to her desk for her. Uh, this is right after Amanda and Billy are hooking up. And so Amanda comes up and Allison is saying something to the effect of, well, I don't want to cause you trouble. I think your boyfriend sent me these flowers because <laughs> she thinks Billy wants to get with her. And then she opens it and they are from Keith, the guy who dies later. Yeah. So she didn't know until she showed up at Shooters that they weren't from Billy. She she thought they were from Billy all day. Yes. Yes. So. Well, now I'm not going to get that pizza. So. <laughs> yeah i just i just saved myself 12 dollars though i was betting on that pizza i was hungry <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right uh can i tell you my next argument yeah this is about um people's people whose lives are the biggest shit show have the most to say about yours <laughs> fair so- enough that's the overall theme. I, again, think it's impermeable, to be frank. I, I don't think anyone can disagree with what I just said. People who fucked up the most in their life are the nosiest, pushiest, most obnoxious people. <laughs> I, I say in the world, and I, I include Saddam Hussein in that list of people in the world. Wow. Well, he's yeah. in the world now. Well, the, the history of the world. Oh, oh, historically. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 there's Hitler, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's Saddam Hussein. Yeah. And then there's these people with unprompted advice. All cut out of the same cloth. Yeah, yeah. So here's what here's what had happened, right? So, um, Richard gives Joe an IOU for risking her friendship with Jane by by telling Jane that Richard's a good guy. Which was a weird gesture. Yeah, also, yes. And that shouldn't risk your friendship. If that risks your friendship, it's too too shaky. It's fragile. Yeah. Now, But Joe is now, now that she's got that IOU ready to cash in, she's trying to talk Jane out of the engagement. Saying, <laughs> quote, you, don't, you didn't love Richard. No. Okay. Joe's venting to Jake about it. That's fine. Um... Later, Michael and Sydney are discussing Jane's previous weddings. I forget. <laughs> she did have a second wedding. It just didn't uh, go to completion. She didn't take it to completion. She didn't take her wedding to completion. Oh, my God. The season one references. <laughs> anyway, so Joe stressed about Joe and Richard getting married. And Jane rightly says, after Reed and Jess, both murdered boyfriends <laughs> two two out of two, two murdered boyfriends you're the last person who should be giving advice this strikes me as cold and cruel as what brooke said to allison about i understand your relationship with your daddy is not the best anymore <laughs> like this was this was vicious it was really mean 
It was mean. Yeah. Uh, but a good point, a true point, high art for the generations. Ah. So this is now Joe is leaving. They're at the engagement party. Richard comes after and Joe's been drinking and she spills the tea. She says, Jane doesn't love you. Um, and Richard goes to test it and asks Jane, can you, can you tell me you love me? And she can't say it. She just says, love will come. And I'm like, bitch, it's not that hard to say these words. <laughs> it's not that hard. Listen, let me, are you ready? Listen, Donald Trump, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> Look, it's so easy. Wow. You can fake it. Falls right. It, what? It just falls right out. Falls right out. Much, much like insurrection. You know, emails to Russia. They just bloop, drop right out. <laughs> Boxes full of confidential files in your bathroom. Oh, who among us, right? Like, I mean, where are you? Where are you keeping your top secret documents, Mary? Um, I keep them in the little half bath upstairs. Good. If they Good. there, eventually they will have to go in the regular bathroom because there's gonna be too many. Now, what the boxes though? The the banker's boxes that are in your regular bathroom. What do you keep in there? Oh, those are the the like the upstairs bathroom. Those are the top top secret. These okay. are confidentials downstairs. Oh, got it. I thought that's where you were keeping the um, cat hair crafts. Oh no, those are in another set of boxes. Got it. Good. Good. They Don't intermingle them. Boxes. Uh, so, Mary, that's my argument. Richard and Jane represented high art for the generations this week. Uh, to everybody's surprise, to be frank. Yeah, it is unusual. Um, but your point is that the 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 most screwed up people are the ones giving yeah. advice. Yes, and and here's what we can't decide about the these motherfuckers. Are they? I hope no one listens to us at work. By the way, uh, if they made it this far, they're not. <laughs> they know better. Um, the the motherfuckers that do this, I can't decide. Are they living vicariously through us because we're not so fucked up, or are they trying to bring us down too? I don't think they know they're fucked up. Oh, it's like the sixth sense. Yeah, they don't know. They don't because they're used to being fucked up. That they don't. They don't know what it's like to not be fucked up. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I see fucked up people. (laughs) I see fucked up people. (laughs) They don't even know they're fucked up. Well, Mary, I feel like I am my. I am spent from these arguments, and I I could take a break. Let's take a little. Let's take a spin around the the patio, so to speak. Then we'll start again. Mary, I know we have had some rough times with our interns, but oh my gosh, the sponsor they lined up for us this week, a TikTok sensation. Oh my God, is it a cat? Mary, have you heard of Sister Cindy? She is all the rage. No, I'm old now. I don't know what's going on. I know that based on all the puddles that start with you watching the History Channel. (laughs) Aliens. Sister Cindy is a campus preacher. I'm already turned off. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> oh, you're going to you're going to want to hold on, hold <laughs> hold on, because this is fun. She went viral accidentally as part of her Ho No Mo campaign. Oh boy! And she was went to a college camp campus, Louisiana State University, to lecture about the dangers of sex and loose women. Oh, so hoes. Ho, yeah, ho no mo. 
Not like I thought this was going to like homosexuals. So no, no, I'm I like, thought that too. All right, carry on. Now remember, in this week's episode of Melrose Place, we didn't talk about Amanda Woodward, but no. Sydney overheard that Amanda couldn't pay her contractor, and so that was all Jack Creasy needed to get in yeah. and give some money to pay for the contractor. To which Amanda said, "Sydney's mouth." Is as loose as her scruples. <laughs> they use the word scruples a lot on the show. <laughs> they do. Well, let me tell you what Sister Cindy said, and then it will connect to, to Sydney. All right. There is a video, and I do encourage everyone to go watch it if you have not. Where this preacher, let me, let me set the scene. She's surrounded by young, virile college students. The young, she's a good blood pressure still. She's yelling into a handheld, like, uh, loudspeaker. Like a megaphone? Yep. And she's got, she's wearing, uh, we'll call it a Mancini design. Are they culottes? I don't know what that is. And she's got the long, um, kind of curly, kind of poofy uh, uh, hair, Mennonite hair. I can picture that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And this is what she says. First, this is where it picks up. If you buy her one margarita, she will spread her legs. <laughs> okay. Now, right. Is that how, how, how do you think the gentleman in the audience reacted to that? I'm going to guess they looked pretty happy. They, get, they popped. They cheered. <laughs> I think it's going to be more than one margarita. I'm going to be honest. She went on. If you buy her two margaritas... She will pounce right on your penis. <laughs> These are great tips. Great tips. They, listen, that they cheered even louder. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you know what happens at three margaritas, Mary? No. She will grab your penis and put it in her mouth. What? <laughs> they went nuts. What and she's saying this like it's a cautionary tale. And these these boys are like, Wah! <laughs> Oh, my God. After four margaritas, she will take your penis and shove it in her anus. Oh, boy. Well, she might. After five margaritas. That's a lot of margaritas. It is. I don't think they're freaking five margaritas, are they? No. I know what you're thinking. What else is there after? Like, what else? That's what true. is the, what is she holding back right now? Running out of holes, everybody. <laughs> after five margaritas, she will strap it on and peg you. Oh, wow. Flat twist. All right. Did they cheer? So, no, they cheered. They went nuts. Those boys want to be pegged so hard. <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> Now, Sister Cindy, you know, now this this sermon has been parodied. Someone put that to a little beat. Give me one margarita. I'll get, give you some head. <laughs> but never one to miss an opportunity for entrepreneurship. Sydney, with her loose scruples, <laughs> got wind of Sister Sydney and opened up a new business on the corner of Hollywood and Vine. Oh, boy. Loose scruples. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sydney, the entrepreneur, she wants you to know 
This is what they mean when they say loose women. Women with loose scruples. Is scruple spelled like a screw and then a dash and a P-L-E-S? Yeah, with two P's. Screw people. Screw peoples. Screw peoples. <laughs> that one didn't work so well. I should delete it. You know what? It's just brainstorming. It's all right. <laughs> well, if you, let me tell you what, if you go to loose scruples, you're going to see Sister Sydney and Sister Cindy working together. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. And they're going to train you on the loose way to scruple a boot. Okay. So here's the thing. If you're worried that your, your scruples are too tight mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. too solid, if you will, and that therefore you're going to be taken advantage of or you're going to miss business opportunities, that's where our sponsor, the viral sensation, Sister Cindy, Cindy, and the viral sensation, Sydney? She's certainly viral. <laughs> They're going to help you out. For example, what if, Mary, you want to start your own business? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. First, not at Hollywood and Vine. It's too busy. No, the, and You know what? I'm going to be honest. Those businesses seem to change over a lot. So I'm not sure it's a great location. <laughs> no, but you know what would be a great location for a business? Hmm. Out on the ocean. Just get yourself a boat. That is an option I haven't thought about. You can use that boat to make money. There's so many different ways to make money on a boat. But do you know what our good friends at Loose Scruples will tell you to do to make that money? What? Make your ex-girlfriend come onto that boat after she murdered her boyfriend to take pictures. I mean, she's willing to get on the boat. Why not? You're going to rake in that cash. You're not even going to need three margaritas. Oh, no. She's easy. Yeah. What if, Mary, you find a peeper? Peeping in your apartment. Who hasn't found a goddamn peeper? With what are objectively quite large peoples in very visible locations. What was his name? Peeping Ted? Ted. 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 Yeah. That's right. I can't believe they didn't call him Tom. I think it's funnier that they called him Ted just so we got to call him Peeping Ted. Yeah. Well. Happy to think about him. You might think, maybe you're you're a photographer lady from New York. You might think, oh, we better call the police. You know what we're going to teach you to do? Hmm. Tie that hoe up <laughs> with an amount of rope that, quite frankly, nobody can explain why you have it. Why did they have that rope? A boat. Maybe they had it when they were on the boat. And they they're, not, they're not stringing up clotheslines. I would love it if we zoomed out on my rose place and they were clotheslines <laughs> across. It would make me happy. With Mancini designs waving in the wind? It's ecologically sound. It, listen, Mancini, it would look like the Olympics, all those flags waving. It's not fashionably sound, but it's ecologically sound. No. Our good friend Sister Cindy and Sister Sydney are going to show you the good sisters of loose scruples. <laughs> We're going to show you tie that hoe up with rope and gouge out his eyes with an enormously large butcher knife. She's got a lot of knives in that apartment. Now, it's an enormously large butcher knife, one that clearly would cut the orbital bone on retreat, but it actually looks rather small next to Sydney's daddy. I mean, short of like Mount Olympus, I don't know what looks big next to dad. Like, yeah, that's a mountain of a man. Or imagine you're walking through a park with a frenemy. Yeah. Plotting a murder. Ginger plot. Ginger plot. And you're, you're having some ice cream. Making me Not hungry. on our watch. 
dairy-free only, please. Sherbert, maybe. But it's 1994. That's all you can get. We don't have oat ice cream yet. It was a dark time. Yeah. Or what if, and, and we, can t- we can speak to this one firsthand. What if you're stealing half a million dollars from your fiance that you won't sleep with? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we're going to teach you. You got to nab her little sister first. (laughs) Loose Scruples, Sister Sydney and Sister Cindy teaming up to show you all the wrong things to do. And how many margaritas each one takes. So I'm fascinated by this service. I think this is going to really go places. It's going somewhere. Yeah. Um, Do you get like any like, like, okay, so for example, I'm kind of old school, right? Yeah, yeah. Am I going to get, like, a chart or anything to use as a reference? Or, or, like, so when I'm trying to figure out how many margaritas I need to get a certain thing done, like, is there a is there a workbook? Is there an app I can carry with me if yeah. I get I, you know, I, I couldn't be more thrilled that you asked. Oh, wow. Yes. So here's, here's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. So it's actually printed on the interior of flavored condoms. That's the perfect place. Yes. Now... You will need two margaritas to be ready to read them. <laughs> so, but, but you'll, you'll have a pocket full. Now, again, and we, we've been saying this for 35 years. Don't keep them in your wallet. No. It, it warps the, the material and then you can't read the chart. No. It damages the efficacy. It damage, it, correct, right? So now here's the thing. Nobody's using flavored condoms. <laughs> That was all just a myth to pretend like we were using them for oral sex, but we're not. Same with dental dams. Cool. Out of of style. And they literally came at us and said, if you're ever out of dental dams, ma'am, I'm always out of dental dams, but you could just use saran wrap. Not, not at loose scruples. We're not going to tell you to pull out some warm (laughs) saran wrap. Where are you supposed to keep your condoms? I haven't had to think about this. (laughs) In your margaritas, and but your the the condoms are going to be have margaritas though. Yeah. So like, here's the thing: how many, which margarita is it will determine which condom to use, right? Oh, there's a system. So one margarita, you're not going to use a condom, right? Because you're just you're going to take Plan B. We've all got it. It's fine. You're going to take Plan B. <laughs> Two margaritas. Now that's the that's the head margarita. So that's where the flavor condom is. But again, you're going to throw it out. Yeah. Yeah. Three margaritas is the pouncing stage. And okay. so that's where you're going to have the lamb skin. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh-huh. Now, four margaritas is the backdoor margarita. Mm. So pre-lubricated. Sure. And, then, and then five margaritas. That's where she will strap it on and peg you. Uh, you don't need it. You don't need it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it, sweetheart. Forget about it. Ah. Well, this really... This sounds like a, you know, a system that's long overdue. I imagine our listeners are very interested. Is there like a website that you can learn more or sign up? It is. It's lsu.edu. <laughs> <laughs> and just go there and look for Sister Cindy. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am convinced that out of college campuses all across this good country, next fall, to gain consent... Gentlemen are going to say, can we have three margaritas today? <laughs> they're, like, they're going to refer to sex acts by the number of margaritas that it takes. 
I hope then people really need to get on this and get signed up now so they understand what it is they're consenting to. Listen, the space is going to run out. Hollywood and Vine is overrun with businesses from gingers. It really is. Like, this is their stomping ground, for sure. There are so many Mrs. Mancini businesses happening here. From various Mrs. Mancinis. Yeah. Tall, small. Mostly redheads. All redheads. Yeah, I don't think Jane's opened a business there yet. Well, Jane doesn't have a track record of opening or sustaining any business. So. Not only that, when you know when God was handing out business sense, she was in the back getting her nails done. <laughs> it's a thing that holds up. And we are back for the second half of season four, episode six of the Melrose Place cast. We are discussing the Jane Mutiny. And Mary, correct me if I'm wrong. We're done talking about Jane, right? Nope. What? Okay. Well, never mind. The Jane Mutiny continues. It continues as boring oh. as it was before. Oh, well, this mutiny never ends. You know, okay, Mary, listen. I know uh, you're not a marketing person. No, I don't know how to sell anything. But trying to increase listenership by saying, oh, we're going to continue just as boring as we may not be the right approach. We're not boring. Jane is boring. Oh, God. Okay, good. Life of the party. We The life of the party? Especially like the corner wall of the party. That's where I am. And listen, listeners, we're the life of the party and you don't want to be tardy for the party. Don't. Just don't. All right. Mary, you're up next uh, for uh, if you found another example of trash. I know why this marriage would be good for you, but I'm not quite sure what Richard gets out of it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to read it. First of all, very weird that Richard gave her an IOU. Very strange gesture. Uh, again, weird that he would feel the need to do that. As he walks away, he no- she notices he's carrying some sketches of men in suits. And she's like, mm. oh, great. And he says, never mind. And so I forget. That they don't play that out those are his sketches right he starts designing now or something in the next episode i think so but can we just take a little detour yeah men's fashion designers why either need to fucking step it up or stop trying to call themselves designers no if the big fashion innovation is two suit coat buttons instead of three i'm sorry you're not designing well i got the papers just thinking about it i'm on the I got to get to JCPenney and see what the hot new blazer factions are this year. First of all, you go to JCPenney to see what they were five years ago. Second of all. How dare you? Oh, I listen. I I don't say that judgmentally. (laughs) Anyway. That bow tie rack. I know what's going on. Continue. Carry forth. All right. So they run into Jane and Mm -hmm. Joe. He seems happy. And Jane's like, so am I. And she, again, is like, didn't you say you didn't love him? And Jane's like, there are different kinds of love, Joe. That's He's... true. And she's like, getting married would be good for us. And Joe's like, I know this marriage is good for you, but I'm not quite sure what Richard gets out of it. And she's like, Richard loves me. That's what he gets. <laughs> Which is a weird concept. Uh, and I wrote my notes. Is he happy? They don't seem happy. He, he hates her. He does seem to hate her. It's this so- is well established. They, they hate each other. They do seem to hate each other. Uh, later at Shooters, Joe's at the bar and stupid Shelly comes up and tells her she looks tired. You <laughs> just, you don't say that people you aren't friends with. It just makes me. Yeah. Uh, Joe's like, buzz off. And uh, yeah, 
why you have a great listener like Jake at home. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Jake shows up and she's telling him about the engagement, how it bugs her. And Jake's like, you know, maybe you can't tell her what to do. But like, if I were Richard, I want to know. Secrets can ruin relationships. Bob, Bob, Bob. Um, at the engagement party, like you said, well, first of all, so the, the opening salvo of this engagement party are, uh, so Jane and Richard are standing and greeting guests and you see Jane's face go, ugh. And we cut over to Michael and Sydney walking in. <laughs> and Sydney goes, I don't know what happened to my invitation, but you can't plan a wedding without a sister. <laughs> and Jane says, I too. And Sydney, look how they turned out. I laughed. Uh, Michael says, this is much classier than the last fiasco in Vegas. At our last wedding, Jane's Aussie kangaroo boy dumped her. And we had the <laughs> time. Except then I married Kimberly that weekend. That kind of ruined it. <laughs> it was a great I'm day. glad they didn't forget that. Yeah, props to the writers for bringing that up. Well done. Uh, Joe, we cut to Joe. She is guzzling champagne. Jake's like, uh, what's going on? And she's like, I just really like champagne. Jake tells her to slow down. He's going to go try to find a beer. Uh, Jane comes over after he's gone and she's like, oh my God, this hotel is so great. I just can't believe all the connections that Richard has that I'm meeting tonight. And Joe's like, do you just look at him as like connections? And Jane's like, no. After, as you said, she brings up Reed and Jess. She's not going to take her advice. Uh, Joe's like, yeah, I made mistakes. I'm trying to protect you from that. And Jane says, my worst fear is that my life could turn out like yours. Yeah. Isn't nice. Uh, again, the show is positive. These two are basically best friends. So wait a minute, oh. wait a minute. Joe ran from a, her wealthy husband so she could start fresh, had a fake identity, identity, mm-hmm. had to escape a parking lot at a what the girls at Bitch Slap called rural Milwaukee bar. <laughs> Fair enough. She had to murder her boyfriend. She got shot in the back by her baby's grandfather. She yep. had Matt take that baby up for adoption. Yeah. What else yeah. happened? Great. Right. It hasn't been great. Oh, and Jess. She got yeah. the fucking shit kicked out of her and then blew up. She she didn't even get to be out of the building before the bombing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it hasn't been great. Hasn't been great. So it's fair for Jane to say, you know what my biggest fear is. I mean, I don't know that it's fair to say, but okay. <laughs> it's all those things happening. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want that to happen to your life. No, but you probably, if you were friends with someone, wouldn't say that to them in a malicious way. But, but why is Joe so concerned about why Jane's getting married? Like, Joe needs to calm down. I'm not arguing that she needs to calm down. Sure, but she's, she's Joe. This is what she does. Yeah, she's the nosy aunt. Okay, okay. This may go back to your point again about the most screwed up people giving a lot of advice. Uh, anyway, Jane's like, well, if you're not going to celebrate, you shouldn't be here. And Joe gets up to leave. Uh, Jake goes to get a cab. Richard comes up and sits down. And that's when Joe spills the beans. Like, Jane doesn't love you. He just says, oh, Joe, you're drunk. And she's like, I am, I am drunk, but I'm not lying. And then the scene plays out where Jane and Richard go up to the feet And he's distracted when she tries to undress him. Uh, she doesn't say she loves him. The love will come later. Which is a terrible thing to say to someone you're engaged to. And uh, he takes his coat and leaves. Um, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone for this episode. Hey, I'm sure he'll be back next week. Um, I just find this storyline very irritating. 
on a number of levels. Um, it's very soap opera you to have an engagement party and someone drops a bomb, trying to break people up, and then they go up to the room and they fight. I think this has happened on this show before. I can't remember when. But, uh, like, it should be scandalous, but it's Jane, so it's just kind of like, oh, well, like, I don't I don't care if she gets married to him. I, I'm on Joe's side. They shouldn't get married. So, good. Break up. So, Listen, I know you don't, you stopped out before this storyline comes to completion. Um, but don't sleep on this, this relationship. It, it does get interesting, but not because of Jane. All right. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to not put up a defense on this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I want to talk about gay shit. Okay, shit. Yeah, shit. All right, so this is about maths. So, of course, I'm going to win the point. So, All right, you may as well not even say it. <laughs> yeah, he's getting a subpoena. You know, he doesn't trust Michael to testify. Blah, 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 blah. Fine. The deposition's underway. There was a, a, a kind of a hot moment, if you ask me, where Matt was confronting Dr. Hobbs, and he said, like, oh, you don't like that I'm gay, and I'm in a position of power. And I was like, ooh, but I do. <laughs> if only he could be back in that blue jumpsuit. That's all oh, that was necessary. God, he looked good in that jumpsuit. He fucking did. Oh, my God. He did, too. Remember when she had the blue jumpsuit? Jesus. Yeah, yeah I, not really. I don't remember it the same way. I think that's why... I bet that's why they ended up together in real life. I bet they caught caught an eyeful of each other in those jumpsuits. That might have been what they got married in. It could be that one person wore the jumpsuit after the other, but they hadn't washed it in between, and so they picked up an STD from an unwashed jumpsuit naked under there. At least that's how I imagined it for Matt. And then they're like, well, shit, now we're, you know, it's like a pregnancy. Like, oh, now we're married. Yeah, I guess we have to be together because I wore that dirty jumpsuit of yours. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, um, Hobbs yells back, uh, quote, issues. Everything is a with you people, which really struck close to home. And that it was a hard time for that not to be my point. But he then followed it up with, because if you're not a faggot, what are you? I was like, yeah, I, uh, I get it. I hear it. Here's the thing. So back in the day, I was a, a budding politician, if you will, Mary. I don't know if you know that about me. I've heard some stories. And I was uh, running for student government president at my college. So, oh, wow. yeah, I, I'm the one you've heard about. No, but I was running and my running mate, I was running for president and she was running. She would be vice president, you know, because women. And women can't be president. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, tell me I'm wrong, but tell me what Hillary Clinton is doing today. Sorry, Kamala. Yeah. Getting any higher than you are. You're lucky this episode is only dropping six days after we record it because good possibility that she's not President Harris yet, but I wouldn't I wouldn't make jokes about Kamala not being president for anything more than two months out. Are you wishing ill on Joe Biden? No, I don't wish ill on Joe Biden. I just recognize um, actuarial tables for what they are. <laughs> Do you remember when the Onion, when, he, when Joe Biden was vice president? And the Onion had like their alternate reality Joe Biden, who was always stealing hubcaps and like making whiskey <laughs> in the office. I love. It. I mean, look, I like regular Joe Biden just fine, but the Onion's Joe Biden was really a treat. That was that was good. Do you know? Speaking of of living presidents, do you know what's amazing to me? Hmm. On this day, July seventeenth, it's very possible that from hospice, Jimmy Carter is listening to this episode. You know. I hope you just didn't jinx anything. 
Uh, I hope he is. I hope he's having a great day. I hope he's having a snack. I hope he's <laughs> hanging out with his, with his posse. Yeah. That man a- lived in hospice long enough to see the debut of Threads. <laughs> he must be so happy about that. <laughs> That's all. I also really like the Onions version of Jimmy Carter. <laughs> he went into hospice. Because I think, I think it offends some people, but I actually find it charming. Because it's like... <laughs> Every major news story, like where someone wins a prize, is like Jimmy Carter, blah blah blah. I can't think of a good example. Like, it makes me happy. Like he's living the time of his life in the end, and good for him. That's a that's a great story. I can't think of a good example, but trust me, it's good. Anyway, go go. I was, go, go I was running for student government president, oh, and God. my running mate was talking to some. Uh, we were both RAs, so if that tells you what we were going to be like, um, I was talking to some of her residents. And this was, you know, at the time when people would didn't know the word homophobia, and the best they could come up with was, "That's like racist against gay people." <laughs> okay, it was sure. one of, one of those types of uh, valley girls. Like, that's like racist against gay people. She said, "I, I'm, I want to vote for you, but I'm just, I'm just a little worried that when he gets in there, he's only going to worry about gay stuff." <laughs> and there was this moment of like what she said like her shoulders dropped and she's like why would you say that and she said because like gay people when they get elected then they just all they just worry about is being gay <laughs> and i was like first of all whore this is student government president let's calm down you don't have any real power right yeah also what gay stuff do you think i could do in college and then i remember what my college years were like and i'll back off on that but that's the attitude that dr hobbs was channeling you gay people are just gay all the time. It's like you're making a job out of being gay. Well, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Please, please proceed, Mary. No, no. I think you're making a great hobby out of being gay. Not a full-time job. Uh, <laughs> listen, but I, ooh, the practice I've got. <laughs> you are, you're not just a hobbyist. You're like, you're like a, an enthusiast. I don't know yeah, what I, I I am enthusiastically homosexual. Yes. I you know that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Dr. Hobbs. Homophobe. Is this your point or are you summarizing mine? I'm summarizing yours. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no no no. Dr. Dr. Hobbs. Like racist against gay people. Yeah, he's not. That's your point. Like, I forgot. <laughs> the The point was what he said was, if you're not a faggot, what the hell are you? Okay. The the way, especially back then in the '90s, uh, and this was to a degree what Matt was talking about when his hunky lawyer came up to him in the bar, um, <laughs> was the label was so all encompassing, like it became all people knew about you once they knew that about you. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of like clowns. Like, once you know someone's a clown, you can't forget it. Yeah, but they still elected them president. <laughs> I hope we don't have any Trump fans in our audience, because we lose them regularly. We're down 50%. Maybe that's what's been holding us back. All those maggots that are like, oh my god, I love Melrose Place and I love Trump, but well, I don't know which one they would listen to. And I Seems like there's probably not a lot out there. I mean, you know what? If you are that and you're listening, go ahead and start your own. 
There was plenty of room for one more Melrose Place podcast. Why not? These fuckers, too, they're like, oh, we need a conservative version. Right? Yeah, go ahead. Have a conservative version. It'll be called the Amanda Woodward podcast. Freedom Caucus. Do you know they kicked out Marjorie Taylor Greene for being too liberal? Is that what it was? I saw she got kicked out, but I didn't see the rest. Yeah. And She's too liberal. They, they haven't been able to kick her out because she won't answer the phone, which I- apparently was a whole storyline on Seinfeld. That was the thing on Seinfeld. Yeah. That's yeah. Like- that would happen at our former place of employment too. Like if someone was gonna get fired, they would just like stop answering the phone or checking their emails. Oh my god! Some of the people like that explains why so many people stopped were never answering my emails. <laughs> that or they already left and they didn't put an auto reply on. Jesus, yeah, it's it's all possible. God. Well, do you want well, me to respond? It was mine. Yeah, it's yours, and it sounds like we're talking about Kimberly. Kimberly. Dr. Shaw, please. If you're nasty. (laughs) At least when I was crazy, I didn't know how miserable I was. Oh. So, I won't recap the whole thing. I will say that this episode, I believe, opened with B-roll of that prison and asylum with the 1960s and 70s cars again. So they... Hey, they paid for that. They paid for it, and they're going to use it. I feel like they paid once and then they got like unlimited uses. Kind of like if you go to an arcade and you get like a pass for an hour or the carnival on the 4th of July and you get a wristband. Yeah. Anyway, so Peter gets her sprung out of there. Uh, She is again mad about having to wear the bracelet monitor, which Peter describes as a device like an answering machine. I'm like, okay. Never heard it described that way before, but okay. Um, They go home. Peter is coming in from a swim in his pool, I presume. While Kimberly's making dinner, she feels like she has to chip in around there. Uh, she eyes him up and goes, when do I really get to thank you? Wink, wink. And he's like, this isn't about our relationship. You're staying here is about getting healthy. Having you feel good about yourself is all the thanks I need. And I think she wants to feel good about herself with her nether regions. But she's not bringing that up right now. Uh, the doorbell rings while he's in the shower and it's Sydney. And she goes, who the hell let you out? <laughs> Which was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the way Sydney delivered that line. Just the like, oh, they are what? fun. Kim, uh, Sydney and Michael, let me tell you. So Kimberly's trying to hide her tracking monitor bracelet. And she's like, oh, Sydney, don't be afraid. I'm doing much better. Do you want to come in for a drink? And Sydney's like, you might have fooled those medical dimwits, but I know you're a murdering mutant freak. She drops an envelope on the ground that she brought for Peter. Uh, Peter comes out and sees Sydney walk away. He picks up the envelope and goes by Kimberly, who's sitting down feeling sad. She's like, Sydney called you a freak. And she's right, isn't she? Most normal people don't spend two months in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. And not uh, wrong. Peter replies, Sydney isn't exactly the poster child for sanity, which is also fair. Yeah, uh, Sydney was also in a mental institution. Yeah, she put was. there by her enormous... Her enormous father. Uh, Kimberly says no one believes she's getting better. Peter so- tells her, don't answer the phone to the door. You're not ready for that. And Sydney- Kimberly says it feels like she's still in jail. No one trusts her. She can't go anywhere. She's wearing a monitor. At least when I was crazy, I didn't know how miserable I was. She'll never be free. Peter's the only one who believes. Yeah. She did know how miserable she was. It seemed that way. Screaming all the time. She was having a lot of screams. Uh, the next day at the Sydney is telling Michael about seeing Kimberly. Uh, she says she thinks she uses her monitor to beam up to the mothership. Peter walks in and he's like, hey, yeah, she's staying with me. Knock it off. And Michael's like, you know, you're aiding and abetting a wacko. Peter, 
knock it off. Stay away from her. And Michael's like, I've been ducking her murder attempts for two years. She haunts every breath I take. Peter says, that's over. She's not doing that anymore. Peter, Michael says, well, look at her file. It's thick for a reason. She hunts people down. A couple of pieces of psychotherapy aren't going to fix her. Uh, her next crimes will be on Peter's head. And he better not take their business down with him. Peter hands Sydney Kimberly's file. And as soon as he walks away, Sydney starts flipping through it. Because, of course, she does. Later, yeah. Sydney rushes into Michael's office to gossip about Kimberly's file. She makes Sybil look like Marie Osmond. That's a reference for the, the folks of the, from back in the day. Marie, from the Osmonds. Marie Osmond. Remember she was on, what was that weight loss thing she was on? I don't know, but I know Donnie Osmond was a Mormon. Yo, they're all, that's the same family, so yeah. Mormons. Anyway. Uh, Wait, didn't, didn't, those, didn't those siblings hook up? I think that was always a joke that they, I don't think they really did, but I think it's a joke that they did. Can we just, can we just decide amongst ourselves that they did for the purposes of this show? What if one of them is our, one of our listeners? We offend them. Well, then she shouldn't have been riding her brother's, you know. Coattails? <laughs> uh, <Anyway>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael's dead <laughs> file, and he thinks there's no in there that justifies least. Sydney thinks she's going to try to kill them. She shows him the sketch of Bob from Twin Peaks in the file, and says the notes say he's got a weird laugh and a, quote, gypsy accent. Uh, mm -hmm. Too bad he's just a nightmare. Michael says, well, wait a sec. If getting him out of Kimberly's head helped her get better, what if we got her back, got him back in her head? What if we put him back? He's like, that guy doesn't even exist. And Michael says, they could find someone who looks like him. We live in Hollywood. It's the lookalike capital of the world. Pick a waiter, any waiter. You'll find an actor willing to do anything for the cash. Dot, oh, dot. and he knows that. <laughs> I forgot how much I'm going to love this storyline. I forgot about it. And, oh, is it good? It is a, it's a rich vein to tap. Uh, mm -hmm. This is... Now, this is just the preamble, so it's not as trashy as it will be, but it's already trashy. I mean, the fact that, as you said, she's upset that she has to wear a monitor after blowing up a building, it's like a small price to play. She <laughs> leave the institution and go stay at Peter's, like, man cave mansion, which evidently has a pool. I'm not going to complain about that. And a um, motorized chessboard? Yeah, that's, where is that chessboard? We haven't seen that for a while. You got to play the game, Mary. Got to play the game. So, yeah, this is trash. Uh, but it's entertaining, and I did. I am looking forward to the Michael and Sydney side of it, very much. Uh, I, um, again, my hands are up. Hands up. I let it go. All right. Thank you, Mary. This was this was a this was a fine episode of Melrose Place. I would say it was fine. It wasn't like the best one, but enough happened that it was interesting, and there was enough stupid shit that it was funny. It's, do you know what they've gotten to, right? So, like, now, the pros of this episode, the way they touched back on previous previous episodes, really, or seasons, like, loved it. Yeah. Yeah, there's some little Easter eggs there to enjoy. That was good. And they're clearly, like, they're finally, with I think, with Kimberly getting out, they're now moving beyond the fallout of the bombing, right? So, yeah. this particular writer's team, I imagine there's some turnover every season, right? Like have now dug themselves out of what was left for them by season three. And now they're, they're shifting ahead and taking their own approach. We've got Kimberly's a free woman. She's got a microwave on her arm. <laughs> Michael and Sydney are working together again. I love when those two are together. Yeah. And Matt, is he hooking up with his lawyer now? 
Um, I don't think so. I wish they would, but I don't think he was. Yeah. Well, there we go. Married all in all, a good a good week of Melrose Place. How many layers has Matt had now? He's had the most layers of anyone on here, hasn't he? You wouldn't have expected that. If you asked us at the beginning oh. of season one, right? We would not have said, you know who's got the most legal jeopardy? That right. Matt. Okay, first he got gay bashed. And then he got fired for being gay. Yeah, but that was just one lawyer. Because he didn't was have a lawyer for being gay bashed. Yeah. He well, I got... thought he had something. Oh, never... You're right. No, that was a cop. Never mind. That was a yeah, cop. yeah, yeah. He had the cop. And then his boss found out that he was gay bashed after he called the Latino boy essay. <laughs> That's what he should have fired. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been justifiable. <laughs> um, so he had that lawyer. Yeah. He had Alicia. There was another one in there too, though, right? There was something else. Yeah, wasn't there? Oh my god! Like season two or three, somewhere there was something. What did he have? Because he had the legal defense fund, which didn't ever come in handy. I mean, unless he's using it for himself. <laughs> I never thought about that before. No, I feel like there's been at least three or four layers now. I'm oh think- my goodness! Well, let's when let's will- take let's take the week. You think on that. I'll think on it, and we'll come back. When will his gay crime spree come to an end? <laughs> This week's episode of the Melrose Place cast is supported by the following generous sponsor. Do you need to make a grand romantic gesture but don't know where to start? Stop in at everybody's daddy's favorite floral shop, Flora Rosa. Flora Rosa's not only got the most beautiful flowers in Los Angeles, they also offer one-of-a-kind gift assembly service. Why stop with flowers when you can pile on the sweetness for your sweetie? For example, let's say you're our biggest customer and you want to send flowers to the office of your new advertising account rep who you're also trying to sleep with, but your daughter works there. What could you pair with the flowers to really up the cringe factor when your account rep opens the card in the reception area right in front of your daddy's girl? Well, (laughs) a bathing suit, of course. Making reference to that time she fell off the dock next to your yacht and had to sit around warming up on your yacht in a blanket. Mm. What, let's say, okay, here's another example. What if your patient slash girlfriend, who's just getting released from a psychiatric slash prison facility, what are you going to get her? It's like, basically, it's her birthday, right? Okay. (laughs) Well, you're going to want to get her like a bouquet of wildflowers, right? To symbolize like her freedom. She's wild and free. What are you going to pair it with, though? Some people might say a floral dress, all right? But we think what would look really great is a stylish yet functional bracelet monitor that will constantly report her whereabouts to the government. Like, <laughs> women love jewelry, all right? All right, let's say, okay, your fiancé's friend mm-hmm. convinced your fiancé to follow through with getting engaged, and you want to say thank you, right? Because, of course, you do. Well, obviously, you're going to get her some tulips because they're a symbol of friendship. Mm-hmm. But... You got to get her something else, right? Because women, all right? <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you got to keep the gifts coming. Women love gifts. So you're going to, with those tulips, I want an envelope with an IOU good for a dinner, plane ticket, or gold, gold bottle of her choice. That's all women want. They want plane tickets. They uh-huh. want dinner. Gold bottles. Oh, and pockets on dresses. And pockets on dresses. That's fair. Okay. How about like you and your ex are going through a divorce after she faked her death five years ago? But she mm-hmm. won't take any settlement money, even though where you come from, people get what they deserve. First off, 
go ahead and just pay off her bill with her contractor who's rebuilding her apartment building after a tenant blew it up. Women love when you do that. But then, okay, what can you get? How about a dozen roses with a lot of thorns intact? Because that'll mm. that time you try to grab a knife out of her hand on the cutting board. Careful, baby. You might cut yourself. Visit FloraRosa.Rosa today, and you can enter promo code DADDY to get 12% off any order of one dozen premium extra thorned roses. What a deal. Premium extra thorned roses. How do th- how did they manage that? It's it's the wonders of nature. The wonders. I love it. I love it a good I love nature. I love wonders and I love thorns, to be honest. You know what they say? Every rose has a thorn and at Flora Rosa, they all have a lot of thorns. And but and you get the, the, the thorns are the extra thorns are no extra cost with promo code daddy, right? Yeah. You get, well you get twelve percent off any order of one Would you- Extra thorned roses. Oh, got it, got it, got it. But not twelve percent off of like a bushel of carnations. No, that's a deal we run. They run more in uh, around Valentine's Day. Mm, you don't mm-hmm. love carnations for Valentine's Day. Oh my god! And nothing says love like oh, they were out of roses. Oops, I forgot to order. <laughs> they were out of Walmart crap. Well, this is this is so great are they is this like a chain flower store or is it just in the west hollywood area it's just in the west hollywood area unfortunately but um you know if you're traveling there and you 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 got to get some uh-huh. from someone they can definitely help you out okay can i i know i have a question uh i i have an occasion okay coming up and I, i'm wondering if uh laura rosa can help okay i mean i don't work for them but i can try to brainstorm with you Sure, sure. Well, I mean, you did lure them in as sponsors, so like you've you've got them on the hook. Oh, I've got them on the hook. You've got them on the hook. Almost, you've got them on the thorn, you might say. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, so I have a situation, as you know, I, I manage a team of people, and um, Avengers. One of them? No, 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 no. They feel like Avengers. They feel like superheroes to me sometimes, and. I have to ask one of them. I, I have to have a hard conversation. And I need to say, if you're not a faggot, what are you? And I, I don't want to be sued for discrimination. That's a or, or unique to my case, coming on to them. Right? Because it could go either way with me. Oh, so you don't want either of those things to happen. I, d- I don't want them to think I'm discriminating against them for being gay or that I'm asking them to prove their gayness to me at live in the moment. All right. So. Right. So what, okay. what, what goes with that? Well, I think the, the obvious floral choice mm-hmm. is a bundle of sticks. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a really just, nice- a, just a bunch of dicks. Yeah, just a bundle, a bundle of sticks. Sticks, um, sticks. You said, okay. Yes, yeah, sticks, not dicks. That would be tasteless. Um, so, but, <laughs> not if you do it right. <laughs> you know, and we're gonna get you some premium sticks. We're gonna get some, like maybe with some birch bark on them. Maybe with a mm-hmm. few small leaves, but like they're still attached in a very aesthetically pleasing way. And they're gonna have nice, clean cut lines. We're not gonna have jet. Mm-hmm. Oh, they gotta be cut. They gotta be cut. They gotta be cut. You know what I think would look be really nice to pair with that a really dark blue jumpsuit as- mm. oh fuck mary why are you doing this to me i i look i think what that said that said you know jumpsuits no one's into a sexy jumpsuit so i think that's not gonna say 
And people love a jumpsuit for their, their yard work. You know, it kind of goes with a bundle of sticks. If you're out in your yard, you're cutting sticks, you might want to wear something more utilitarian. I think it's going to work great. So you think what I should say to my uh, underling to not be presumed to be hitting on him. Uh-huh. If you're not a faggot, what could argue? Well, I mean, I'm not saying you should, I just said you are going to say And that. here's some cut sticks. Yep, it's a bundle of sticks. <laughs> they made me think of you. And please put on this super hot jumpsuit that bring out your eyes and let oh, your hair flop just so. For the, for the record, it's oh. presentation and Ooh. how you describe these objects up to you. We're not I saying- will t- Yes, I will tell him. Presentation matters. <laughs> okay, Mary, I got, I got some calls to make. What was the... Pro- I, there's no oh. discount on this. No, but you can go to florarosa.rosa, enter promo code DADDY. Yeah. 12% off any order of one dozen Ooh. premium thorned, extra thorned roses. Or a bundle of sticks. Yeah, well, that will, promo code won't work, but you can buy them there anyway. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I, they, they're cut though. They got to be cut. Oh, they're clean lines, clean lines. I will tolerate no other scenario. No sharp, jagged edges, none. Yeah, listen, I know I said I love nature, but there are limits to me. <laughs> So wait, seriously, how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So there, it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far. Okay. But there's also, but then Mary, there's the the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God, how long? Yeah, and and. Uh, Models Inc. has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc.? It, it's a two-season spinoff. Of what? What do they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. The lady from Dynasty, my God, this was like a whole industry. And I do think nine hundred two one zero to get to understand where this show came from is probably worth exploring. I I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Allie McBeal. Does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how do you really want to be an expert in this or not? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. Okay, so we're in for all of it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>